0: Okay, guys. Well, good morning, everybody. How are y'all doing? Good. My name is Clayton. I'm the pastor here, and I just want to tell you that this might be the shortest sermon that I ever preach, okay? But uh, it's got a lot into it, so I'm going to go really fast today, but uh, it's an exciting day uh, to be here at Central. If you're a A member here, if you're a regular attender here, you're gonna get to hear some things about where our church is going and what's next for us. And if you're a guest with us, I would say it's even better that you're here or if you're watching online with us because you're gonna get to hear about what this place has in store for you and your family. Because today is a it's a turning point for for us, for our church. And life is full of turning points. It happens all the time. Like, you know, if you're going to college and you go onto the campus for the very first time, you realize your life is never going to be the same, you know? I mean, it's always going to be different from that point on. Or if you finally get that job offer that you've been searching for and trying for for a really long time, or for a lot of us, when we are signing the mortgage, our very first mortgage, going, what are we doing, you know? And realizing that our life is never going to be the same. We go from this present reality to To a new future. And in the Bible, in the book of Numbers, we're gonna look at a story that is so powerful that it will speak to us today, thousands of years later, it's gonna talk to us about a turning point for our church. So if you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Numbers, Old Testament, towards the very beginning. It's a book we don't really go to very much, but we're gonna go to it today. And in this story, you guys have heard this: it's it's about God's people, the, the Israelites. And they have been in Egypt for 400 years. Moses leads them out of Egypt through God's miraculous signs and his works. And it's an incredible story that most of us remember. And they go and they wander in the desert for 40 years. If you do something that long, you know what that's called? It's just called your life. Like it's just, it's just your normal life. That's all you know, right? But God had chosen them for something more than just wandering in the desert. He had called them to a a promised land that they couldn't see yet, but God had been preparing for them. And as they got closer and closer to this promised land, some of the leaders went out and, and spied the place out to see if it was something they really wanted to pursue. And that's what I want to take you to today in Numbers chapter 13 I'm going to have these verses up here on the screen. We're going to jump through this story and see what it means for us today. But this was their report to Moses. So these leaders go out, and they spy out the land. It's full of other people, and they come back and say, say this. We entered the land you sent us to explore, and it is indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. When I was little, I was, always had this imagery of... Milk and honey, for some weird reason, is like all over the place. Uh, but it's just saying that this is a, a good place. This is way better than the desert, isn't it? But some people doubted. Some of the leaders doubted, and some of the people doubted. And it began to, to spread like a, like a virus. And people got scared of a future that they couldn't see. And here's what happened in the next couple of verses. In verse 30... Caleb is one of the leaders, and he had, he had been a part of this whole thing this whole time, and he, he tried to quiet the people who were kind of rebelling against this call to go. He says this, let's go. Let's go at once to take the land. We can certainly conquer it. I mean, this is like motivational speaking time. I mean, he gets up in front of the people and says, this is the step that God has for us, and it's a big, bold step. We can't see the future But God has it for us. He's prepared this for us. But look what happens next. The people, they plotted among themselves. Let's choose a new leader, you know? Let's choose a new leader and let's go back to Egypt. Are you kidding me? Why in the world would you want to go back to Egypt? But evidently, they wanted to go back to Egypt. I don't know if you're familiar with this story, but there are about 2 million people here. And they're terrified of the unknown. And they would rather play it safe. Anybody know someone like that? Like, I just want to play it safe. And that's where they, that's where they found themselves at. And so they were, they, were, they were cool with just continuing to wander in desert circles. In fact, they actually entertained the idea of going back into slavery. Let's go back to what we know even if it will kill us. Let's go back to that. But I'll say this, God was up to something, wasn't he? He He'd been up to something for a long time in their lives. And God speaks to Moses about this in the next chapter. He says this, how long will these people treat me with contempt? Will they never believe me? Even after all the miraculous signs I have done among them. After everything God had done, all the miracles he'd done, all the ways he'd provided for them for 40 years in the desert. Him taking them out of Egypt, cro- uh, parting the, the sea. All those things God had been doing in their lives and they somehow had forgotten. And the Israelites had to remember what God had done for them and the promises he had for them. And he had to, they had to trust God and they had to take a step of faith. And let me just say this, it is our time as a church to take a step of faith. In fact, this isn't an abnormal thing for us. It is something that we have been doing since the beginning. Let me explain to you. In 1963, this church started. You know how it started? A couple of people got together and said, let's start a church in a garage. That sounds like a great idea. Let's do that. It's going to be fantastic. Sixty years later, we're still around. Because of their step of faith, 20 years ago, we were downtown downtown. And we decided to move to the edge of the city, hoping and praying this was the place that God had had put us. Going out of the center to the outside, but look at this place now. Look at the community around us. There are thousands and thousands of homes of people who need to hear about Jesus. God has put us right where he wants us to be. And here's probably the craziest thing our church has done. The biggest step of faith. Three years ago... This church took a chance on a short bald pastor from Texas. I mean, that's a, I don't know what y'all are thinking, okay? But you're stuck with me now, okay? And so we've been over and over and over again trusting in God. And I'll tell you what, God is up to something here, isn't he? He is up to something in this church, just like he was with the people in Israel. And while the Israelites, they were prone to just wander, let me say this, we are not going to wander We're moving forward. And just like the Israelites were tempted to go back to Egypt, we are not going back to Egypt. We're going to move forward in faith the way God has called us to. It's a little bit scary, but today I want to share with you some of those things. We need to take a bold and a new step. And here's what it's going to do. It's going to involve some things in real practical ways. It's going to involve our facilities, this place that we call home here. And situate it and organize it and, and do some things to it so that we can be a better church, not just for us, but for our community as well. And it's gonna include so it's gonna include the facilities, but it's also gonna include some future ministries that we're going to be doing as a church. But let me say this. Every time you take a step, think about this practically. Every time you take a step, you're doing, there's two things going on. One, you need a, a reason to take the step. We take thousands of steps every day. We don't really think about the reasons, but there's a reason. We're moving that way. We're going that way. We're avoiding something. We're running from somebody, right? I mean, there's, there's a reason we are taking a step. And you also have to have a, a good foundation around you in order to take that step. If you've ever found yourself in the nasty mud that's around here, when it rains and you find yourself in that mud, you're unsure of that next step, aren't you? You're afraid you're going to slip and fall and your, your feet are going to come out from underneath you. And so not only do you need a reason to take a next step, you need a proper preparation or a foundation for that next step. And that's what I want to talk with you just real briefly about today. You see, we need a reason. And God has given us a reason that we can't ignore. Joshua ended up becoming the leader of the Israelites. And he called the people to take this crazy step of faith. And this step of faith was literally to to step into the overflowing, flooded Jordan River, to cross it, to go into the promised land. And that was a scary thing, and people did not want to do it. it. But Joshua had a a reason from God. And the reason he was supposed to do that is because there was a command from God. Let let me prove it to you. In Joshua 1.9, oh, sorry, Numbers 33, he says, take possession of the land and settle In it, because I have given it to you to occupy. He says, Take possession. This is a command from God to go and to do this. Don't worry about everything. You plan and prepare, but man, trust me. This is a command from God. And God has commanded the Israelites to do this, and He's commanded us to do the same thing. He's commanded us to act. And the way that God has commanded us is this I'm gonna share this with you today. He has given us an opportunity. An opportunity that most churches never get. Did you know that within a 10-minute drive of this place, there are 18,500 families who are far from God, who do not have a church home, who do not have a relationship with Jesus. That's a lot of people. 18,500 families. The question is, how do you reach them? How do we position ourselves to reach those people, to share the love of Jesus? How do we join God, who is already at work in those people's lives? How do we become his hands and feet to a lost world? You know that there are five generations in this church. It's a lot of different groups, a lot of different needs. But every single generation needs to grow, don't they? Every single generation needs to be cared for. Every single generation needs to be discipled and equipped to be who God has called us to be. So the question is, how do we care for one another? How do we equip one another? If we're going to be a church that is reaching our community, if we're going to be a church that's spiritually growing all the different generations within this church, all five generations, we need, get this, we just need more space, guys. I mean, look around. Look around. There's a whole other service that just met right before this. We can't all fit in here. We're running out of space and we need more space because God is preparing us for something so much bigger than what we have experienced right now. This is our opportunity. We can't ignore it. It's the reason we must take a bold step. But also we need preparation to be able to take that step. And here's a great kind of point for today, and we see that in this story, that the smart preparation is, is crucial. You see, God had, had equipped the Israelites to be able to take that, that bold step into the Jordan. And look what, look what how, he, how he prepares them. He says, this is my command. Be strong and courageous, right? This wasn't just a motivational speech by God. This is God equipping them and preparing them to take that next step, Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You see, God gave them what they needed. He prepared them. He gave them courage, and he gave them his presence and a command to to go. And think about this. For Joshua, to get 2 million people to do anything was a miracle, right? And so there was a ton of preparation that went on for him to, to get the people to begin to cross over into to cross the Jordan. And as a church, we've been doing the same thing. We've been preparing as well. For the, for the last three years, we've been working on this strategic plan to fix some things on our campus. For the ministry that's happening today and ministry that's going to happen over the next 20 years. And when COVID shut us down, it actually provided an opportunity for us to begin to make little improvements. Man, if you've been here for a couple of years, you've seen all the improvements we've been, been doing Around um, the campus, we literally like cleaned house. I mean, there were dump trucks or dumpsters full of stuff that we we've been throwing away. And cleaning up um, our place, we've fixed up our kids' ministry. We we did security over there and remodeled a lot of space over there. Um, we we took care of the the students and, and worked on the the venue. And we've been doing some little things that is preparing us for this moment. And almost a year ago, we began to invest in a relationship with professionals and experts in buildings and church ministries and best practices, and we ask them, help us. Come here onto our facility, onto our campus, and help us so that we can be the best church that we can be. You know what? Over 50 leaders in this church have been working on this for years. We've spent thousands of hours in meetings. Anybody like meetings? Okay. Okay. I love meetings. It's one of my spiritual love languages, okay? I love meetings. Um, I have them all the time. We've, we've had so many meetings, so much time in prayer, so much time seeking wise counsel for, from others outside of this place and studying our community and studying our facility. And God has, has called us. And let me just tell you this. We are prepared. In fact, I would say I've never been a part of a church that's more prepared than it is right now to take a bold step of faith. And so I want to show you the project that we are preparing for. Some of you guys haven't seen these yet, but I want to show you some visuals of what some concepts of what this place could look like in this season that we move forward in. I'd like to give you the new vision for our campus. So first you'll see... Then we're going to possibly do some additions to our facility. There's going to be a lot of things that are happening um, under the white roof, under our existing roof. And we're looking at um, adding some things to the outside of our facility and redoing all of our our parking lot. Let me show you some 3D visuals of what this could look like. We believe and we hope and pray that we were able to to build an additional kids wing over here. And in that kid's wing is going to be an indoor playground for the little ones. Outside of it, it's going to be a, a hangout space for our elementary kids. And it's also going to include a brand new worship facility just for kids. It's going to be incredible. It's going to be behind security. It's going to expand our kids' ministry. It's going to expand our Grand Central preschool ministry. It's going to be exactly what this church needs in this moment to be able to reach kids and families for Jesus. We're also going to be remodeling the outside of our, of our, of our facility and the, the space um, right behind you guys in this, this lobby area, this, this commons area. We're going to create what we call some connection space. It's going to have hospitality areas. It's going to be big, wide open. And it's going to provide tons of ministry space for life to happen. We have a lot of hallways around here. And we need some more places just to be minister to one another. And we need some more bathrooms, don't we? Amen. Okay. So we get some bathrooms. Okay. We can just pray and get out of here. Okay. Um, We need those things, right? We're going to be working on the exterior of our facility and modernizing um, the front of it, renovating um, entrances and adding a bunch of parking um, in some of the grassy area. As you drive up to this place, you're going to go, what new church is this? (laughs) You know, it's going to be completely different and here's the purpose of that. The purpose is that so that we can provide space to reach families. And finally, let me show you one other thing. We're going to be completely remodeling this place, our worship facility. And worship space because, man, some of you guys, you guys see the side of my, heads, my, side of my head all the time, right? I mean, you're just looking over, like, yeah, you're all shaking your head. Mm-hmm. Well, why do you sit there, right? Why do you sit there? It's, there's some bad spots. We're going to be renovating this place, expanding this place so there's not a bad seat in the house. It's going to provide better worship experiences for everyone who attends our church. This has a big purpose. Like I said earlier, it's to create space For God to work in the lives of families. You know, God has really blessed our church. We we do have a great church facility, but it's time for us to to bring our campus into an alignment with the mission that God has given us. If you look to your left, if you look to your right, there is the mission: to live for Christ, to love people, and to make disciples. We got to stop just talking about it. We gotta start doing it. And this is gonna provide us space for those ministries and those things and that equipping and that inviting to happen so that this place will never be the same, your family's life will never be the same, and so the community will never be the same. This is our chance for us to be a relevant and community-focused church right now and for generations to come. And there's a big reason we're doing this. The reason is, is because people matter, don't they? Reaching those who are far from Christ Matters. Raising up the, the next generation to love Jesus and to live for Jesus. That matters, doesn't it? People matter. And also, the timing has never been better. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it hasn't. We've been through a lot together as a church. We've gone through COVID. We've, uh, we've dealt with some economic uncertainty. But since then, since that time, I've said this before, but let me say this again because of your faithfulness, our church has grown in attendance by 70% since that time, which is incredible. But let me say this. We also find ourselves in the greatest financial health in 60 years. There's never been a better time to take that step of faith. And finally, one of the reasons, the big reasons, is that we must prepare for growth. You know? We gotta take out our umbrella and expect rain. We believe God is doing something special here at this church. This is our God given moment to use our campus to be community shapers, you know? And to be able to impact generations, generation after generation for Christ for the next 20 years. So, how are we going to do it? Well, I want to invite um, one of our former staff members, one of our former pastors, to come up here. This is uh, the Reverend and Honorable Esteemed <laughs> Matt Flint. Um, y'all give Matt a, Matt a hand. So Matt is, uh, he's going to be leading an effort for us to be able to provide so that we can make this happen. And I'm just going to hand it over to Matt and let you take it
1: away. As Clayton said, my name is Matt Flint, and I served on staff here for 17 years uh, in 2004 and just retired last May. And currently right now, Charlene and I are still serving here at Central. We have our different ministries that we're involved in. And we're super excited to see what's happening here at Central. I just want to let you know, as the campaign director, I'm like 150, 200% behind everything that this staff and all the preparation they have put into leading up to this point. And I'm excited what God is going to do through Central Baptist Church. Uh, Our campaign is called Made for More. And there's a leadership team. You're going to see the pictures here in just a little bit. We began with a very small core group uh, meeting in November and began the training. And and as you see these people here, we begin to meet through January and February and and just a few weeks ago to lead up to this capital campaign. And if you'll notice up there, it is lay-led. There's a few... Obviously, the staff members that are involved on there, that deal with the children's and the youth area, but this is a lay-led campaign and putting it all together. So just like uh, Clayton was saying, there's a lot of man hours and a lot of different leadership that has been involved in all of this. The title of it is Made for More, and when I first heard this, I began to think, okay, made for more more for what? what it, why are we doing this? And you, you heard Clayton tell the reason there. And if you go into his office, you're going to see a little picture on there that says, remember your why. And because they, were, they have been challenged uh, through the studies and everything they do, the demographics around Owasso, is to go after families and to be able to minister to them and the children. And that's the reason for the children's wing and things like that. And so that is our, our specific mission. But I just want to remind you The original mission that was given to us was by Jesus back in Matthew 28, uh, 19 through 20. And let me read that to you. Go therefore, and here we go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. The mission... Never has changed from there. The mission is to go out and make disciples. And the way we make disciples is through evangelism. That's the baptism size. We share the gospel message with a lost world, a hurting world, a world that without God, without Christ as their Savior in it, is forever will be separated from God for eternity. And so that is our main mission, and we evangelize. And then it says, teaching them all that we observe. That's where we bring them, and we grow them. We open up God's Word, and we show them how to, to live, according to God's Word, a righteous life that brings Him glory. So the ultimate mission for us has never changed. When this church, back um, before 2000, there's The leadership of that church had had to make a decision. Do we stay in downtown Owasso? I mean, yeah, downtown Owasso, there at 109 North Birch, and try to expand there, or do we move out? And after much prayer, they decided, let's take this huge, bold step. And just like Clayton mentioned, the, uh, the move was made. They had to figure out where to buy the land. They found this land. They put the plans together. And I came in 2004 when phase one was done, and they were already in the process of phase two, and those members back then took bold steps with two different capital campaigns to raise over $3 million to offset the cost of what you're experiencing right now the worship center you're sitting in, the, the Sunday school spaces that you enjoy, the, the different areas in here was made by members that over 25 years ago prayed and took that bold step. So I'm here to to share with you how can you participate in this capital campaign to be like those members 25 years ago and take that bold step and be a part. How can your family be a part of that? How can you join in with us? And hopefully, if, if we have your address, you have probably already received one of these flyers that give you some details, uh, some things on there about the Made for More. They're, you're going you're gonna to be getting emails. You can go to our website. You're going to be getting texts. You're going to be getting a lot of things. But our prayer team came up with a way that, is to me is the very most important thing that we can do, and that is to bathe this campaign in prayer. And we've got kids in here right now, and they're going to be handing out these little prayer bracelets. So go ahead, guys, go up and down the aisles right now, and I want everybody to get one. Doesn't matter age or whatever, get one of these little prayer bracelets right here. And what you're going to see on there, you're going to see our our uh, the theme of the campaign, the title, "Made for More." But you're also going to see a scripture on there. It says Ephesians three. 20 and 21. That's going to be our theme. And while they're passing them out, I just want to share with you, uh, not in detail, but you're going to see this more in detail, things of how you can participate in being a part of this. Next Sunday, and Clayton's going to go in more detail, you're going to be invited back to a vision gathering next Sunday evening. Our prayer team has created several different times that we can come together as a congregation and pray over the Made for More campaign. In your Sunday school classes, and your small groups, there's curriculum that's going to be designed to help us learn how to be good stewards of what, you know, of God's resources and we're going to have that opportunity there. There's also an early commitment dinner for the leadership of this church that we're going to be having and if you would like to be even a part of that just call the church office and you'll get an invitation to be a part of that. There's going to be a legacy brunch for our senior adults and the president of Impact Stewardship is going to come and Share creative ways that you can be a part of this. What I love about this campaign is, doesn't matter where you are financially right now, you're going to find different ways that you can participate in being a part of this made for more campaign it's very interesting the different things that you can do there the youth are going to be challenged to learn how to give sacrificially and even the children are going to have their own curriculum and they're working on a big display that they're going to be able to bring into the worship center here to help remind us again of what it is to be a part because we are a body of believers we are a family that comes together and if you see the uh the the verse up here, Ephesians 3, 20 through 21 says, Now to him who's able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. I am huge on when you look at a verse. I don't, I don't like to take a verse and just say, okay, look, this is what it says. So we, you know, let's just jump all around about that. Look at the context of that verse who's the writer, who's he talking to, what's it about, and I'm big about that, and this is a perfect verse for our theme verse, but here's what I want you to encourage you to do. I want you to go back and read a few verses on your own sometime of what Paul is doing, because in in chapter 3, verse 14, excuse me, it says, for this reason I bow my knees before the Father. Paul is beginning to pray for the church Ephesus, and he's praying some very specific things. And when you see the words for this reason, it's like therefore, you have to go back and look at what's previous there. So my challenge to you is to go back and look at Ephesians chapter one and two, and you're gonna see all the riches and the blessings and the Christ when dwelling us and the power of the Holy Spirit. You're gonna see all these things that Paul is reminding the believers of the church at Ephesus that they have and how blessed they are because of that. And if we begin as as members of Central Baptist Church to have that that church, this body of believers, we're not an organization. We are a living organism made up of body parts that work together, united for one purpose. And that purpose is the mission of God of sharing the gospel message with a lost world. And this is how we can come together. And in those verses uh, 16 through 19... He says some very specific things about riches of his glory. We have that through Christ. Strengthened with power through his spirit. Christ may dwell in our hearts. But he ends with this, and I love this. Fullness with, uh, filled with the fullness of God. If I could encourage you with anything during this time when you're saying, well, Matt, I don't really know exactly how to pray. Well, how should we pray for this campaign? Yes, Pray for the leadership in the campaign. Pray for your staff. Pray for how this is all coming together. But here's the key. If we try to do this on our own power, we're going to get man-sized results that we can pat ourselves on the back. But when we go before God and ask Him to empty ourselves and just empty everything within us and to have the fullness of God, the dwelling and dwelling of the Holy Spirit within us, have Christ in us, as Paul was telling the believers at Ephesus, that that's how you are going to be able to go as a church. That church planted in Ephesus and go out and share the gospel, we need that same power because it's not about a remodel. It's not about new carpet. It's not about new rooms, but it's about taking the gospel message, creating an environment, letting this be the launch pad for new missions and ministries as we go out. 18,500 families who do not have Christ in their lives, who do not even know who Jesus is and and the life-saving that Savior that he can be in their lives. It's so important. And, And this move that we're going to be making You can be a part, and that's the key. We have to be united. We need to come in this together as a body, and and you are the members, you are the parts. And my prayer for you is this you're going to show this right up here. We're going to pray here in just a second. But when you pray, start your prayer out like this Lord, what do you want to do through me to accomplish your will for Central? Lord, what do you want to do through my family to accomplish your will for Central? This may be the very first time that you and your family can sit down around a dinner table and just say, guys, let's pray. Let's pray how God's going to use us. Let's pray to be filled with the Holy Spirit and allow Him to drive us in this so He gets the glory. Take it out of our hands and put it in His hands. So right now, everybody should have one of these. Go ahead and put it on your wrist. So I, I pray, just uh, go to the shower or whatever, you know, with this on. Never take it off. Go to bed with it on. Just leave it on because let it be a constant reminder of Ephesians three, twenty through 21. We're going to have a time of prayer right now. So everybody bow their head and just pray, Lord, what do you want to do through me to accomplish your will? Let's pray silently and then I'll close this out in prayer. Heavenly Father, O most gracious Heavenly Father. Lord, it's impossible to look at your word and not know how you love us unconditionally. You've been on mission since day one to redeem a lost world back to you, Heavenly Father. And for whatever reason, you have chosen to use us, your creation... You've chosen to create a church, Heavenly Father, for the mission of taking the gospel out to a lost world. And that's because you love us unconditionally. Your desire to see no one perish, Heavenly Father, but have a personal, loving relationship with you. And Lord, my prayer is this right now, that we come before you, Lord, humbly. We come before you shedding away any personal agendas we have And we ask for your spirit, Heavenly Father, to indwell in us. That we're compelled by the love of Christ to move forward, Heavenly Father. And we realize this Made for More campaign is just a tool. It's a step. It's a bold step, Heavenly Father, that we cannot take without you. We need you as the head of the church to lead and guide us. to guide us individually, to guide us as families, Heavenly Father, and a body of believers, Christ the head and we're the body, to follow you, Heavenly Father, that you may get the glory. Lord, my prayer is that when we look back on this years from now, Heavenly Father, we'll see how your hand moved time and time again. And we, right now, give you for the glory for what you're going to do through Central Baptist Church. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We are super glad that you decided to join us today. And if you watch us every week, we're so glad that you join us. And if you're watching right now for the very first time, um, we wanna just say, welcome to the family. We're so glad that you're here. Um, If you're someone who, during the message, you thought, you know what? I want to know more about Christ. I wanna give my life to Jesus and I I want to know what it means to be forgiven. Uh, We want to connect with you. So if you could text FORGIVEN to 94000 And that way, one of our ministers can reach out to you and you can begin that conversation of knowing how God can change your life. Um, Here at Central, we truly do believe that Jesus changes everything. See you guys later.